What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 443 of the Smart Cut Moments Mac Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week, where we'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and everything else that went down in the world of professional wrestling, I should say, not other things, because there's plenty of other things we could talk about in this world <laughs> that we are not going to talk about as far as rumors, news, gossip, and all the other kind of things. Current events are terrible in 2020. We're sticking to pro wrestling. <laughs> I'm your host, yeah. as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, is Robert D. Police. Yeah, Tony, you told me before we hit record that we wanted to make this a shorter episode. We can't do that uh-huh. if we talk about the state of the world. Maybe on a dark cast or an all talk show or something like that, but whew, not the time to, to talk about all the other kind of stuff that's going on in the world, that's for sure. Um, other than that, how you doing? Uh, pretty okay, I guess. How about you? I could be complaining, probably shouldn't, considering all the other things that are happening. We we just discovered you have a birthday coming up and you're not happy about it. Yeah, you know, birthdays uh, are not the best thing in the world uh, when you get older. But, you know, could be worse again. Before we get started, yeah. I want to I wanna tell you about a dream I had last night. Okay. It was pretty funny. Uh, so, uh, indulge me, everybody that's listening and going like, when are you going to get to the fireworks factory? Like, you know, yeah, we're going to talk about Matt Riddle. We're going to talk about the Anaparazzo, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, I thought that this was kind of funny. Uh, I had a dream last night that I was waiting in what was, I guess, supposed to be a gorilla, uh, position. And I was waiting to find out if I was going to be in the Royal Rumble. And I looked on this call sheet and I saw something that said, like, the following names do not need to be uh, called for the Royal Rumble. And it just said Mango on, like, one of the things. Like, it was, like, 10 other names or something like that, but I could see Mango on there, too. And I was just like, God damn it. Like, I really wanted to be a part of this Royal Rumble and all this other kind of stuff. So, because dreams don't make any sense. In the dream, I walked into this, like, warehousey type of area and I was talking to all these other different people and I'm like... You know, is there a way that I can just, like, pop up for a second? Like, I don't need to be there, like, too long. Obviously, I'd love to eliminate somebody, like, preferably with a clothesline, because that's, like, the most fun. And other people are like, oh, yeah, clothesline's the best way to eliminate somebody and all this. And I'm like, but I could just, like, step in and get eliminated. Like, I just want to cross that off my list and stuff. And then it was somebody who was, I guess, supposed to be, like, Mustafa Ali or so, but they were working in this big, like, conference room. Kind of the type of thing that you would see, like, at NASA with, like, a whole bunch of people in front of their computers and stuff. But uh, they were like doing all like the, you know, the production crew type thing or something like that. But it was kind of a conference room, too. He was like, uh, hey, well, you didn't hear this from me, but they want you for the commentary gig. And I was like, wait, the what? He's like, yeah, apparently they found out that uh, approval uh, went through the roof of when you were doing the commentary on the women's division match. They really thought you had really good chemistry like that. So. They want you as the commentary guy for all the women's division matches going forward. But, and you didn't hear this from me either, they also want you to have a game show. And in the dream, I was like, I didn't really plan out any of this happening, but okay, like I can roll with the punches and stuff. And then in the dream, I was telling other people about it and stuff. And like, I was telling Caroline's parents about it and we were eating Thai food. Like, it has like nothing to do with wrestling stuff, but yeah, apparently in the dream, I am going to have a game show and uh, do the only the women's division matches on commentary. <laughs> so if you had a game show, what would it be? God knows. I don't think I have the type of uh, over-the-top energetic personality for a game show type thing. Like, The Miz doing this whole 
you know, like, oh my God, these people are falling down. Oh, this is the craziest thing. Like, to me, I'd just be like, hey, everybody. <laughs> you know, just sort of like, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Odd dream. I, I think it's interesting that you have suppressed feelings about needing to check off being in a wrestling match. Being in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> I guess so. At least in the dream, I'm sitting there going like, man, I just want to clothesline somebody over the top rope. <laughs> Is that really your favorite elimination type? Pretty much. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm a fan of, like, for instance, like, uh, I think it's Triple H eliminates Kurt Angle in the... 2002. I think he does it by uh, the clothesline. He does. He does the pedigree. Uh, Angle bounces up, clothesline over the ribs. That's, like, the most efficient one, I think. Really? Tony's a clothesline guy. Yeah, rather than like a back body drop, although that's good too. And I don't like the whole like grab the head and throw them over because it's so obvious that they're just throwing themselves over and stuff. Give me the clothesline ones; those are good. Hell yeah! So by all means, drop your comments below. Tell me some weird dreams that you've had, wrestling related or not. I don't know. You don't need to and tell us your favorite way to eliminate somebody from a Royal Rumble. Yeah, for that matter. <laughs> and if I had a game show, what would it be? I don't know. <laughs> but that was an interesting way to wake up. Um, we got some topics to talk about here and there, some from the past few days, some from today. We're going to go back and talk about the most recent episodes of the TV show, some trademarks, people calling and called up to the main roster, contracts, etc., etc. Let's go back to uh, probably the oldest story, which is The Undertaker, The Last Ride, Chapter 3, End of an Era. Now, you had watched this ahead of time. You've been watching them a little bit ahead of time. Have you watched uh, Chapter 4? Uh, no, because it's not coming out for like two weeks. So they haven't... Uh, really? Why? Yeah, the chapter four is back last Sunday, and then the final one, chapter five, is the week after. Oh, that's stupid. They're not just continuing this next week? Yeah, no, because next week they're doing Sting, the lost footage. Ugh. I'm not Which has, interested like, in that, but... When I say it has nothing to do with WWE, it has nothing to do with WWE. I thought that... When you hear that, you think... Oh man, maybe he tried out for them or something. Or you're gonna hear about some like '98 meeting or something. No, it's some 1995 backstage footage from WCW that's never been released. <laughs> so why are they putting that out there now? Because Sting is a very hot topic right now. I guess that's why. Maybe they know that his contract's coming up or something like that with like uh, switching over to AEW or something we were talking about. That's strange. But uh, I loved this episode of Undertaker: The Last Ride. I've learned that in the screener versions, they don't edit out swear words, which makes it that much better. Yeah, the particular thing that you're talking about is the the promo that he cut, where it's um, Undertaker and Kane, and they're doing the setup for the feud for Crown Jewel. It was Crown Jewel, right? It was Crown Jewel, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's them against DX, and it's the, uh, we, yeah, we have two words for you, and instead of uh, three words for you. Instead, Instead of, of are you ready, it's a uh, go fuck yourself. And it's yeah. just like, to hear the Undertaker just say, go fuck yourself. It's like, <laughs> that is awesome. Pack it up. That is a documentary. It should have been the real thing that they would have gone with. Just bleep it. But make that the promo, you know? I think people would have been very into the Crown Jewel match if that was the promo. It's very interesting to hear them talk about how horrible that was, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Triple H said it was like a bad buddy cop movie. 
I, I like hearing Sean like, you know what? Yeah, I'll get in there with Taker and Hunter, and this is like a day off. And then you remember, oh shit, I haven't done this in a while. Yeah, and it's just a matter of it being a complete train wreck. And we all know he, that that was the case. He fucking whiffed on that moonsault. Like, I watched it when it happened, but man, watching it back. So painful. So, I mean, it's yeah. uh, similar to what we've seen with the past two episodes. It's a lot of the same stuff. So if you haven't been digging the past two, I'm sure you're probably not going to like this one. But if you do like that, then by all means, you have to check this one out, too. It's another good deep dive into the Undertaker's psyche and another good uh, backstage kind of look at when things don't go perfectly. And then they've got the foresight and the hindsight to be able to look at that in certain situations because it's kind of, you know, half of it's at the time. Half of it's looking back, recorded recently, so you can see that like even then it's just sort of like well, well that sucked, and then they're being like yeah you know what it it sucked even more now that we've done this and we've done that and all that other kind of stuff. So, so I think it's great. I want to talk a little bit about the overarching theme of this documentary. It's getting a little scary for me because it's starting to sound like. Undertaker might end up with a little bit of flair syndrome. You know what I mean? Like, just can't say goodbye. Like, just won't say goodbye. Now, granted, I I fully agree with him and his search for the perfect farewell. He fully admitted in this episode, I'm jealous of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels got to have the perfect retirement. But... Undertaker seems to be searching for that moment. It's almost, it's scary, but it's almost to the point where was the Boneyard match as good as it gets? Well, you know, I'm starting to think that, like, because Michaels had this quote-unquote perfect retirement, and then they had this end-of-an-era type thing, and it included Shawn Michaels. Then they did this whole thing where Shawn Michaels came back and a part of the DX thing. I'm kind of almost feeling like maybe they need to do another one of that Crown Jewel match. And that can be sort of the end. Or that they should just do, like, have Shawn Michaels come back again and just be like, how about the two of you just do this? Because it's not going to Yeah, I was going to say, do you think it's just like, all right, fuck it. Do Michaels versus Taker. And then just end it like that. Because at this point, everybody that I feel could have given him a storybook send-off is too old. Mm-hmm. Like, once upon a time, I would have loved for that to be Kane. Kane is completely not focused on, you know, wrestling anymore. Um, he says that the Roman match could have been it. That would have been it. And I believe that. I, right. genu- I genuinely believe that because he did the whole thing where he kissed Michelle and all that. But but it just sucked. Uh, it just sucked. And I don't blame him for not wanting to end it there. Maybe Cena. And he talks openly about, like, I'm mad they didn't let us go 30 minutes. And that potentially could have been the end of it, too. Uh, I, Maybe at I, this point, that's the answer, though. Maybe it's like Undertaker cuts a promo and says, nobody's been able to retire me. And I don't feel like my career has gone in the best trajectory since I retired Shawn Michaels. Shawn, I need you to do me a favor and put me out of my misery. Kind of like that kind of thing. I, you know, 
Maybe. But um so like bald Shawn Michaels hurts my soul. I was actually literally thinking the next thing that you would say afterward, I would say, but this only should happen if they both have wigs on. <laughs> yeah. It's like I can live with I you know what I take that back. Honestly, I'll give you my perfect uh merge Undertaker retirement scenario. He retires at twenty-eight by doing the whole thing with Michaels and Triple H, because now we know, hindsight, that's his, you know, he admits, I've never done anything better than that. He has the close of the WrestleMania 33 match with Roman, where he's got the hair, and he puts the stuff in the ring, and it's the end of an era, and the only thing I'm cutting out completely is, you don't do the match with Brock, you don't end the streak, he ends it. At 20-0, and 0, and he ends the way he wants to. I yeah, don't no, know if I'm, you mess up... I'm willing up, to sacrifice the punk thing. Too. I don't know if you mess up anything on any timeline if you just end The Undertaker's career like that. Certainly not like, oh, that ruins Bray Wyatt. Or, you know... Maybe, you know, maybe the thing could have been if they would have gone with the, the Sting match instead of Sting versus Triple H. Maybe that could have worked. See, but I don't know if Sting would have been fulfilling from an in-ring perspective. Maybe. Maybe not. In a different timeline, who knows what we're well, debating about. I mean, we could go with this all day, but I, I'm really beginning to think that the overarching story here is I can't retire because I can't go out on a shitty match and I'm only having shitty matches. That's basically what it is. But it's still an entertaining documentary, and it's still good to know that kind of information, because then eventually, if he does retire with something, we're going to know that he felt comfortable enough with it, too. You know, um, my favorite thing might have been his daughter, just being like, I can't believe you beat John Cena, because, like, that's that's just cute to me, that even though her dad is probably, like, in the eyes of wrestling fans, the almighty wrestler... No, you beat John Cena, and John Cena's... You can't beat him. Yeah. Like, come on, Dad. Why are you going to beat John Cena? <laughs> uh, well, I want to know what everybody else has to say. What do you think they should do for The Undertaker's last match? Should they have some kind of a game plan? Should they try to just see what happens, and if he gets a good enough match, that's the end of it? I don't know. Drop a comment below. Do the same thing with all the other things, too. I mentioned this before, but of course I mention it all the time. The best thing that you should be doing uh, as far as keeping the discussion going here is to drop a comment below on the YouTube channel on the video of itself, not like the community tab or something. I don't even know if I have that active. I don't know thinking about it. But uh, if you are listening to us on a platform that doesn't have the comment section like Spotify or Google Play or Google Podcasts or iTunes or whatever it is, then hop on over to the YouTube channel to do that. And while you're over there, hit the like button, too. That helps out quite a bit. If you're not subscribed, you should subscribe to the channel and you should ring the little notification bell. But tell us what your thoughts are. What should they do for an Undertaker finale? And uh, and how are you liking the last ride series, too? Let me know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that after the documentary series is over in late June, that should be our next Darkcast. We how should just like, talk about uh, how to end the Undertaker's career. That could be a good one, yeah. Remind me about that, everybody. And if you don't know what a Darkcast is, I'll throw out that plug right now. Uh, why not? 
Dark casts are the names for our Patreon exclusive episodes. We just did one recently about just a bunch of random topics like uh, would you drink Kona Crush if it was a, a soda or something? Oh, oh yeah, we we just got into a deep dive about uh, action figures. We watched a couple of Papa Shango matches. Yeah, good good stuff. Just some random stuff like that, which is outside of the the YouTube spectrum, outside of the like podcast format. Like you you can't find it on like Spotify or Stitcher or anything like that. So the way to get access to that is the ten dollars or higher tiers that are on Patreon. Even a dollar goes a long way if you want to help support us on the monetary side of things, of course. But you know whatever spare change you've got is great, and ten dollars and up gives you access to that. If you get higher up, you get to things like the Pick Your Poison tier, where you get to request whatever you'd like to see us do. Like, uh, you want us to do a fan outs table, like we did recently with the In Your House premiere. Or if you want us to do, like, a, you know, we haven't done Call the Spot for a podcast in a long time. Or bring back something like Healer Face. Or uh, do an editorial on the website. Or whatever it is like that. And the same thing is going on for the Fanboys Anonymous website. If you don't know what that is, it's the geek culture site with movie reviews and different kinds of topics all on that spectrum, like, uh, you know, superhero stuff and TV shows, movies, uh, video games, comics, whatnot. Um, so if you want more from fanboys, consider donating uh, to that and helping keep the lights on there, too. But maybe a dark cast thing in the future would be good for for an Undertaker type of thing like that. We can't really do like one more match because he's still wrestling. So I, I think it should be a good discussion of like how would you have done it if in your dream scenario, okay, now that we're here, how would you do it? Yeah. You know, just Undertaker's great and we could talk about him forever. That's true. My number two favorite of all time. Uh, let's talk about some trademark stuff. Let's go in that direction. We know that Ric Flair is now no longer the uh, owner of the trademark of the man. He's given that back to WWE. And Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, has filed a trademark for Major Player. Which I like that. Like it'll probably be like his nickname, like Major Player, Matt Cardona, or something like that. I'm a big fan of both of these stories. I mean, Flair right, not owning right the he's... demand thing is like, well, you know, I mean, Flair's up there in age. He doesn't need to own it anymore. He's still the man. He'll always be the man. Yeah. And he like doesn't he need to own the trademark. The man right though. now, she's the mom. So who is the next man? Uh, to Hoodie Miles. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, I I like it. Uh, WWE should own the man. They're gonna do more with it anyway. Mm-hmm. And they'll, uh, they'll take care of Flair. I mean, they're gonna pay him for that kind of stuff anyway. Major player. I really like that one, but I do like the uh, always ready because he's already using that, and I'm already getting used to. Him just being always ready, Zach or Matt Cardona. Not used to him being Matt Cardona. Yeah, that's hard. I almost kind of want him to just go by Matt Ryder. Just be nah. Like, yeah, but you got like the more of a metal image of him like riding a mat <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, well now I do. <laughs> it's just like uh hanging on the apron on the side, like a. One of those uh, things that like bars. Oh, I got a blank on the name. The uh, a bowl, a bowl. bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, major players. That's a good nickname for him. It works with the the major uh, podcast. It works with just like being, you know, the major bros. Like it's like uh, it's been a 
a major thing in his life. Eh, look at that subconscious. Um, <laughs> Have you ever listened to a full episode of the Major Wrestling Figures podcast? I don't know if I've listened to a full episode of the podcast, but I've watched a lot of their videos, and I was a big fan of Figure It Out. I love certain fandoms, right? And, like, obviously we get on here and talk about wrestling for hours and hours, but, like, these two dudes talk about action figures with such knowledge and for so long that you're just like, holy shit, there's a market for anything. Yeah. I did not know that, like... For instance, like there's that much detail to get into as far as like, well, this is the slight variant of this one coloring of this one thing of this one line of this one section. And it's like there's like 17 different layers just to be like, that's a big boss man action figure or something like, but it's cool. You know, I'm not a collector of anything at all. So it's informative. Yeah, it. it doesn't speak to me in that way, but I think that is interesting. And I really like to see them geek out over that kind of stuff. So I'm a fan. I'm not a big fan of, uh, like they're going to unbox something that I don't care about. For instance, like if it's like, they're going to unbox some like, uh, NWA figure thing or something I'm like, eh, I'm not going to watch that one. But if it's something like, I thought it was funny. Like the, I forget exactly what it was, but it was like, he was sitting, like putting together a ring that was broken or something. And then he was flipping out. There's another one where he was trying to order some figures and he was like super stressed out. And sometimes they just get into the whole, like, you know, going to a, I like to figure it out because it would be like, he'd go in there and he'd spend like a thousand dollars on stuff. And I'm like, God damn, like I cannot see myself doing that. Dude, you spent like $50,000 on a boss man figure once. It's like, you you did what? Jesus. I don't know how (laughs) Chelsea green puts up with it. Yeah. Speaking of that, though, let's go. Yeah, that take a transition. Uh, Chelsea Green supposedly going up to the main roster. I know that it's not like the main roster anymore. It's not that, but it is. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Uh, and the same we already know for a fact is happening with Matt Riddle because they announced it on SmackDown, and supposedly the same is happening to Dominic Dijakovic, which is why he hasn't been wrestling as uh as often lately. Now it seems to me, I don't know for sure. I mean, we know Matt Riddle goes to SmackDown. And there's a little bit to that that it's like maybe he's going there because they want to separate them, uh, him from Brock Lesnar. Chelsea and Dominic, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking Dijakovic goes over to Raw. And Chelsea Green, I guess, Raw? You know, I... It's weird. I don't currently care because it's all the same show it's never been more of the same show you know what i mean they're in the same venue the lights are just different so to me i even think they should wait on these because these call-ups don't mean shit right now am i wrong on that well they do and they don't i mean it's kind of like you're bringing somebody into the mix that maybe some people aren't too familiar with like there are people that just watch like SmackDown or just watch Raw. And if Matt right, Riddle comes like, there, they might be like, oh, this is a new guy. This is interesting. But it's just not the same as when you don't have distinctive sets and fans and like everybody for example, I, I this with the fans. Like Riddle misses out on a proper exit from NXT, a proper entrance to the main roster. Now, um, 
uh, Pete Dunn just has to appear randomly, and they got to find a new spotting for him because he was a champion and now he's not, you know. But who even knows when the world goes back to normal? I don't know. Like, I guess they're doing what they feel is best. And reportedly, people are super duper into him being on SmackDown. So I'm hopeful that he gets a major push. Is that going to be Zack Ryder's next uh, trademark major oh, push? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be uh, his brand of push pops. You know, that could work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the SmackDown roster right now. There's a lot of good matches that could happen with Riddle. Like Styles and Riddle could be really good. Cesaro and Riddle. Um, Brian, Brian and Riddle. Riddle. Ziggler and Riddle. Gulak, Gulak and Riddle. Riddle. I mean, they've, they've done that before in the past, but it's been fine. Uh, at the very least, it's been fine. You know, I can't see some matches really being all that great. Like, I mean, I don't really want to see a feud between Matt Riddle and Bray Wyatt. I'm not looking yeah. forward to like Matt Riddle against even though I'm a big fan of the Miz, I don't know how that's gonna work out. King Corbin could work. Yeah, you know that's gonna be the first one, right? Probably. You know, Probably it's likely. it's just like as soon as I heard he's going to stack that, I said, Oh fuck, they're just gonna put him right with King Corbin. They could have a pretty good feud between uh Riddle and Sheamus, I think. Riddle Nakamura, Riddle Sheamus. If they give uh, Nakamura and Riddle time, that could be a really good match. I think it, you know, it's good. I don't know why Kurt Angle announced him. I'm hopeful that means we're getting more of Kurt Angle, but I'm not holding my breath. And yeah, I'm okay with not getting more of Kurt Angle. <laughs> I don't think his I, I want him to roles, do anything that's like fantastic. Listen, I get that they were probably a little salty. That he spent the bulk of his career in TNA, but they just didn't even try with Kurt when he came back, man. Well, he kind of couldn't do much, you know. Um, Tony, we just talked about the Undertaker. Don't get me that. Like, yeah, I know Undertaker still has a little bit more in the tank than Kurt Angle in some ways. I just think it's I just think it's weird. I wish he had a better send off. But too. either way, you know, Riddle on SmackDown is great. Dijakovic is one that I don't I don't know because are they gonna put him on Raw? Are we seeing a shift in wrestling where it's gonna become like an athletic big man business because AEW is putting emphasis on that. Raw's got Drew McIntyre, who is arguably like the best athletic big man you can have, and I wouldn't call Strowman the most athletic, but even SmackDown's got an athletic big man at the top right now. See, I don't look at McIntyre as a big man, but oddly enough, he is pretty damn He's big. He's a big man. Like, to me, you put him next to The Undertaker, they stand next to each other, they look like they're about the same, but to me, The Undertaker seems like he's a bigger, you know... Is that just because he wrestles like, bigger? Maybe that's the case, I don't know. But, like, Dijakovic going to Raw makes sense to me, because... There's a certain amount of like, uh, you know, I mean, Dijakovic going over wherever he goes, he's going to be a mid Carter right now. He's not going to go straight to the main event. And even though Apollo Crews is the United States champion now, which we'll get into in a little bit, um, I do think that eventually they could give that U.S. title to Dijakovic. Whereas, is he a, is he a good guy? What is he? Oh, Cruz. 
Dijakovic. No, no, I mean Dijakovic. Oh, Dijak's a baby face. Ah. They could always change it though. Really, you know? his whole thing is feast your eyes. He was a heel for a little while, and then they kind of like. He was too good. He was too good. Kinda, it's almost more like his feud with Keith Lee sort of turned him into a baby face. Hmm. But I remember I, he was like I, I would go with heel Dijakovic. I'd go with heel Dijakovic on Raw. To me, it depends on who they want to push. You know, if you want to try to prioritize Garza and Andrade and Theory and a couple other people, then Dijakovic might be a good baby face. But if they're going to go with, like, um, you know, say Dijakovic against McIntyre down the line, eventually you got to turn Dijakovic heel. And it might be a better idea to have him come in as a heel. Riddle, though, I mean, like you said, it makes sense. Uh, King Corbin's going to feud with him. And that's going to be. Maybe that's why they put the Kurt Angle thing in there, because then Corbin could say, um, uh, "Kurt Angle gave you uh, the endorsement, but I retired Kurt Angle, so if you're not lucky, uh, I'm going to retire you too, or like you know, like that kind of thing." And you have the built-in. I threw you out at the Royal Rumble, blah blah blah. Oh, they did that. Uh, well, yeah, Corbin threw him out at the Royal Rumble. Oh, there you go. That's another thing. So, I mean, uh, we're getting Riddle versus Corbin. Might even have it a backlash. Um, Chelsea Green, I'm very concerned about. I don't get that at all. Because I don't even think that that's necessarily a thing either. Because, oddly enough, they did this thing. So she... We're going to skip a little bit to the idea of NXT. Um, On NXT this week, Charlotte Flair had a mystery partner against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. And it ended up being Chelsea Green. So Chelsea and Charlotte won that match. And that's just... Okay, that's how that goes. Well, they released a thing on social media afterward where Chelsea Green drops Robert Stone as her manager. I don't know why they didn't do that on the show. And to me, that seems like a mistake as well as moving up uh, her to Raw or SmackDown. I think she needs NXT right now. I kind of think she needs Robert Stone a little bit. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. And then at the same time, I will just say I completely agree with you. And my biggest fear with her right now is they're just going to turn her into a lackey for Flair. Oh, that might be where they go. Crap. I didn't even think about that. That was the first thing that entered my mind. I don't want it. I hope we don't get it. You know what would be really bad about that, too? Chelsea would just be the person to beat to get to Flair. To get to Flair. Like they did with Dana for a time being. Yeah. They might do that. And then she's going to be screwed. She... So, I I had made this statement on a podcast and I was told that the people were not in agreement with me. I want to get your take on this. NXT is coming out of this COVID pandemic looking the worst, right? Hmm... I don't know. My reasoning for the for thinking well, this is... Do you is, count 205 Live? <laughs> no. I, no, Tony, nobody but you watches 205 Live. Because that's the one that comes out looking the worst. But, like, NXT, they have all this buzz about them just as a brand. They get on USA, and it starts to waver a little bit because it's, it's got another hour, so it's less fast-paced and, you know, oh, man, that was so easy to digest. But 
you get this Charlotte feud, and you're like, oh shit, you know, NXT's gonna come out of WrestleMania looking like, at the very least, in that cool NXT title was featured in front of 80,000 people. And then COVID happens. We don't get a takeover. We don't get fans to see the climax of Ciampa Gargano. We don't even get Charlotte Flair winning the NXT title in front of people. This show has just been, like, really dissected. And I think, like, they've been hurt the worst. Because if you look at Raw, Raw's got most of its major players. Even now, they have Randy and Edge back. SmackDown doesn't have Roman, and that's a huge loss. But they still have Brian. They still have Bray Wyatt. They still they have AJ Styles now. At NXT, it's like, all right, Velveteen Dream, but you ran through that. Uh, Gargano turned heel, completely different vibe for the audience. You know, um, they haven't even seen Cross in front of an audience yet. It just comes across looking really weird. And this pillaging of the women's division where it's the Charlotte Flair show for some reason. And, you know, you lost Bianca who also didn't get a send-off. You lost Chelsea now. I kind of feel like they don't have much to stand on. Like, they better have a bunch of performance center people just ready to go. Oh, they do have some. I mean, uh, let me bring up the roster right now. We haven't seen much of some people in some recent weeks. We haven't seen enough of Casey Catanzaro recently. They've been kind of pushing her off on the side. Yeah, she's doing the fan gimmick right now. You want a buck gimmick? The the she's in the audience behind the plexiglass. Yeah, uh, they really haven't gotten the ball rolling with Santana Garrett. There's still more to be tapped into with Xylee. Uh Vanessa Bourne hasn't done anything recently at all, and we haven't gotten much from Mercedes Martinez, who she's great. Uh, nothing from Duke and Shafir. They're just a complete waste. Shafir was full on babyface in the crowd tonight. Not Shafir. Uh, who's the blonde? Duke? Duke. Okay, Duke was full-on babyface in the crowd tonight. And it made me wonder, like, can she be the babyface horsewoman that just loses all the time? Because that's the vibe I got from her tonight. We also are missing Jesse Camilla. Hasn't been doing much. They haven't done anything with Catalina. There's uh, some new people. Brianna Brandy, Emily and Zulas. I'm sorry, who? Who? I thought Catalina got fired. Nah, she got sent back down to NXT. She's even been in the crowd. Oh, really? Wearing a mask. With the mask? Yeah. In the mask? Huh. Apparently, Kavita DeV, at least according to Wikipedia, Kavita DeV has a torn ACL. How the hell did that happen? Yeah, that did happen. I remember that. Uh, we haven't seen Rita Reyes, or Reyes, or Reese, or I don't know how to pronounce her name. I don't know who this Sari is. S-A-R-E-E-E. Yeah, I've... Sorry. I've typed that in a few times. <laughs> Obviously, we haven't seen Simone Johnson, but she's just started and everything, and they really haven't even had a chance to really train her for the most part. She gets signed, and it's pretty much like, all right, everybody shuts it down. Karen Q's out with her leg injury. Andy Harwell just sort of popped up here and there, but, like, they've got a couple people, you know? 
And I do still feel like there's going to be a certain level of like NXT UK going into NXT a little bit more. So maybe like Tony Storm comes in at some point when she's able to travel or, you know. Yeah, maybe but... that's what it is. But like for me, this brand has really lost a lot of its steam. And I hate that because like we've been open about it. NXT is my favorite thing. Because I don't like that I feel this way about it. I think if they do switch her over, they might have to switch somebody from the main roster to NXT. And Charlotte's not going to make all the difference. I think that they need to move like Ruby Riot over. Yeah, I think Ruby Riot needs a chance. I'm going to put her in an article uh, coming up soon about people who are in danger of being uh, forgotten about in 10 years. It's a depressing article that I'm writing up in the process, but <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> But yeah, it, it was pitched to me, so I was like, all right, I'll do it. You know um, who I would have assumed would have been on that list, and now I don't think ever will be? Otis. Oh, yeah, he's not on my list. I'll tell you that Tucker is, though. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that's coming up uh, Wednesday or Thursday. I'm not entirely sure when that's supposed to be scheduled, but um, about that? like a uh, quarter of the way done. Bleacher Report. Yep. Check out, right. by the way, for anybody who's interested, a uh, most recent article that I put up is uh, the WWE heels that I hate, I love, and I love to hate. It was kind of a fun one to write. Uh, I'm liking the idea of Riddle going to SmackDown. I'm disliking the idea of Chelsea Green switching over to uh, either one of those brands. And Dijakovic, I'm, uh, I'm hesitant about because I still think he had some other stuff that he could have done in NXT, but at the same time, maybe this is a good thing for him because the people like we've talked about before, if you don't want a title in NXT, you have more of a chance of being a success on the main roster. And I am a big fan of Dijakovic. He never won the North American title, the tag titles or the NXT championship. So maybe he'll be a big, big deal on raw or SmackDown. At least we know Riddle's going up. That's been confirmed now. They already yeah, Riddle is up there. definitely going up. What'd you think? We're talking about Riddle already. What'd you think of the cage fight? I liked the fight pit. I do too. I didn't like how they did the whole thing with like, oh, he knocked out some of his teeth, and it was like very fake. But I did Are you like suggesting it. Thatcher is just missing teeth. Isn't he just like got some messed up teeth to begin with? Like I didn't like the whole like, oh, he knocked out his teeth with the the kick and all that. Like I didn't buy into any of that. But I liked the like the structure. Yeah, I like that they kept the little platforms at the top. Yeah. I like that it's not what the Lion's Den one was, which is just a ripoff of the Octagon. I'd like to see Brock Lesnar in a fight pit. That'd be cool. I, I think that's it. If they had this concept in their brains, I'm surprised it wasn't immediately used for Brock Lesnar. Kind of makes me wonder why they did it for NXT. And then because NXT Riddle goes cool up for the main roster right afterward, though. Because NXT is the cool brand. What they do? Uh, was it last year with um, Cole and Gargano just had like this crazy ass match with the cage and everything was just on the cage. That, that was cool. Cole and Gargano. Yeah, it was a two out of three falls, and then the third fall just saw them in like a cage with weapons around it, and I think maybe even barbed wire. God, how am I blanking on this? That's I don't remember that at all. It was NXT Takeover Toronto. Yeah, I, it was SummerSlam. It was Toronto. Huh. I'm total brain fart. Wow, I gotta 
Tony cannot remember what happened last year, but he can tell you all about the career of King Mabel, can't you, Tony? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Especially since we did go back and watch that. So if you want to check out that, uh, that in your house, uh, most recent fan outs table, that was fun. Um, we're talking about the idea of people going over to these roster different things and switching things around, and that's kind of a lot of what are the rest of the topics that we have going on. One of them being the fact that Drew Gulak is back with WWE. He resigned. He is back on SmackDown. He competed this week on SmackDown. Thumbs up all around. Gulak is awesome. Hell yeah. Couldn't that, agree more. That's a good uh, switch around from when we were reporting that he had gotten released. And I don't know how long his deal is. It's typically around like five years. It's like a multi-year deal, I read. Yeah. So it's, I would assume three, five, ten, maybe even. Probably five. I think maybe three and with a chance to move over to being a trainer because he's too good in the ring to not be a trainer. He has to be a trainer at some point. He's too good in the ring. So that's awesome. And if you're wondering what has happened recently with Deanna Perrazzo after she left WWE, she has just signed with Impact Wrestling. She's on a per appearance deal. I still think long-term AEW is the goal. But... I want to, we never compliment Impact on this podcast. We rarely speak of them. Their women's division is pretty solid. Taya Valkyrie, uh, Jessica Havoc, Deanna Perrazzo, Kira Hogan, Madison Rain, Kimberly, these, jeez, uh, I'm blanking on her name, Jordan Grace. Like These are some solid women. And I genuinely think they might be in the running for one of the best women's rosters in wrestling. I haven't without... seen a single match of most of them. Well, obviously, I've seen Barrazo, <laughs> I've seen Madison Rain. Uh, so I haven't seen any of Kira Hogan, any of Jordan Grace, any of. Wait, who was Kimberly again? That was um, she was Abby Lee, right? Okay, Abby yeah. Lee. I wasn't a huge fan of Abby Lee. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of her WWE run, but she seems. Like she's reignited the fire. Who's the other one? Uh, Jessica Havoc. Haven't seen any of her. Re- ever? Don't think so. Huh. Uh, you've seen Jordan Grace, right? Not that I can remember. She was the one chick in the All Out Battle Royale. Or the All In All Out. Uh, that might have been the only thing that I've seen then. Um, but no, I think she's great. I think they're all great. I, genuinely, Impact is a great women's division. And don't forget, a woman is their world champion in Tessa Blanchard as well. That's right. I've seen Tessa. Tessa's very good. Um, yeah, I think it's, a, it's a per appearance thing. Yeah, I, I don't think she's signed a long-term deal with them. Oh, they also have Kylie Ray. I don't know how that slipped my mind. Kylie Ray did not sign with them on a per appearance deal. She signed with them for quite some time. And there's a Kylie know, Ray and a Kaylee Ray. No, Ky- yeah. Kylie Ray, you don't remember Kylie Ray? Kylie Ray. She was yeah, the I'm, one. All I'm thinking right now is just Kaylee Ray. She was the one in AEW who like disappeared from wrestling oh, for a bit. Uh, Smiley Kylie. Yes. I think they were calling her. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about her. She. Well, that's terrible. But she. Well, so, I mean, you go to Impact, I'm gonna forget about you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's fair. She uh, totally is kicking ass over there. They have a great women's division, and they deserve credit for that. I I could see Deanna going to AEW at some point. I don't know how 
she his should. deal is with Impact and stuff. But then again, maybe she wants to go to Impact to be a bigger fish in a smaller pond, too. AEW needs the women. They're doing great. I like Sheeta, but they need more. Mm-hmm. I think that is the one area where they are lacking. Yeah, they only really have like five women that they really seem to be revolving around. And it's uh, Sheeta, Rose, Baker, uh, Baker, Statlander, Statlander, Ford to a certain extent. Although she's really only mostly recently started picking up some steam. And that might just be because they don't have a whole lot of other options. They haven't done much with Big Swole. They haven't done much with like almost anything with like Shanna and uh, Sadie Gibbs and stuff. So more people that would be better. And I haven't seen anything great from Deanna to where it's like, oh my God, they need to sign her. She's going to be the champion. It's good, whatever like that. But she's got a lot of potential. So wherever she goes, I'm sure she'll end up doing a better job than what was happening in NXT because they weren't using her for shit. That's for sure. I think that's like kudos to her for standing up to that too. Yeah, because she could have just stayed in WWE and been nothing. And she realized that they were hoarding her. So, you know, moving on to a different thing and trying to bet on herself is something that's good. Agreed. And speaking of people going over to different rosters, we now have the Revival, or no longer the Revival. They are FTR, which apparently stands for Fuck the Rest. Okay, here's the deal. I'm getting tired of explaining this. They're FTR, and that's going to stand for whatever they want it to stand for that week. If they want it to stand for Fear the Revolt, is Fear the Revolt. They want it to be Fuck the Rest, it's Fuck the Rest. If they want it to be formerly the Revival, everything about that. Uh, it's formerly the revival, but yeah, they are. Uh, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood are officially in AEW, and they actually saved the Young Bucks from a beatdown by Butcher and Blade, and I loved it. What an awkward segment. Like, Matt Hardy's going to help out Private Party to go to the back so that. Well, yeah, because Butcher that was the... that part wasn't supposed to happen. Like, uh, the Butcher and the Blade are going to be out, and they're going to attack them, and they're going to be wearing white, which does not seem like Butcher and the Blade type stuff. They're going to attack them, and then uh, the Revive, well, FTR, are going to be, like, driving into the, like, what, they, how would they have even seen what was happening, and they're going to drive in there, and I thought this Tony, was we, very we, clunky. We all have apps on our phones that can watch television now. Still, it's like, because they're going to sit in their car in the driveway, or the driveway, the, the parking lot, and be like, you know what, just in case we need to make a grand entrance like this. And then there's a cameraman there. I thought that that was very poorly done. Yeah, I liked it. And it still makes me laugh when it's like, oh my god, that's Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. <laughs> like, I think those names. If they could have gotten away with their WWE names, I would have enjoyed that. You know, like, just because they're, they are the revival but they kept the Shatter Machine. Yeah. Which is good. And they're still going to be the Revival, so... Yeah, they're still the same be... guys. Yeah, like, it's going to be great. That is the one match I'm adamant. Like, nope, you need to have this in front of people. Period. And obviously, I, I would assume, even though they helped out the Young Bucks, that they're trying to do Young Bucks versus them at All Out. I'm going to make another statement. That match only matters if it's for the belts. Because, and you can say, well, they're big enough acts that they don't need the belts. But that's exactly why they should have the belts. Because I'm a little tired of the modern idea 
that there's so many people and so many matches that don't need the belt and can be bigger than the belt because it's like the belt that's why you're wrestling right it's why you're in the division you're in to be the champion so i think that match should be for the tag team titles well this is kind of one of those weird situations where we know that we're getting all out and it's supposed to be happening september 5th we're all supposed to be uh, also supposed to be getting fighter fest and they were supposed to announce when that was going to be Instead, they, they just said at some point in the summer, which is like, all right, thanks. That really lets you narrow it down. So it could be any time in June, any time in January. Uh, January. Wow. <laughs> June, July, or August leading up into All Out. And we know so, that we're getting uh, John Moxley versus Brian Cage, which has to kind of defeats the purpose of the whole, like, um, what's going to happen with the, the casino ladder match cash-in type of thing. It's just to set up a number one contender thing. So I'm a little bit disappointed. Which I'm, I'm fine with that. Because... I'm, I'm a little disappointed. No, because Money in the Bank is a gimmick that has been ripped off to death. So I'm okay with them not being like, okay, you now have the right to challenge whenever you want. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm not thinking the idea that Brian Cage is going to come in, get a world title shot, and most likely and lose. That's something that's bugging me about AEW. It's a little, I'm not going to lie, it's a little TNA on their behalf. Bring in somebody, think that they're the hot thing, get, milk them as quickly as possible, and then what do you do? Because also, at this it, point, kind of makes me wonder what they do for All Out. I think if there's people, and maybe not because they haven't had enough time to build this up, but you got meat on the bone with Kenny Omega there. Kenny Omega, when he starts his resurgence as a singles wrestler, is going to be the hottest thing in AEW. I think they fucked up by not flaunting the fact that they have Kenny fucking Omega. Again, and I've talked about this before in criticisms, I think they're too set on saying our audience knows who we are, so it's all good. Whatever we do is good. Rocketed as, we have this guy who's having seven-star matches. Let's let him go out there and have seven-star matches. So you're thinking it's Omega versus Moxley at All Out? I think it should be. I'm Can completely you believe it's been a year the... already? That yeah. it was supposed to be Omega and Moxley at All Out? Yeah, because double or nothing was uh yeah that that's pretty intense. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're gonna see. Maybe Fighter Fest has like uh Young Bucks and FTR against Butcher Blade and two other people. I don't know who. Or the only way I think they get around doing something like, uh, like the Young Bucks FTR match or like Kenny Omega in the World Title match is if they just end up saying fuck it and save the uh, Blood and Guts match for All Out and then do, like, Moxley versus whomever is left. Maybe another match with Brody Lee. Maybe a match with Matt Hardy. I don't know. But Blood and Guts still has to happen at some point. And now I'm worried that 
maybe it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they've already moved on to, like, oh, we'll do it next year kind of thing. Maybe. Especially because that stadium stampede thing, like... Was kind of the blow-off for the yeah. elite. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. But at least they're there. We knew that it was going to happen. Now we got confirmation. Yeah. It didn't happen the way that I was hoping that it would. Obviously, it would have been better with fans. It would have been better if this and that and that and that. But they're there. They'll have some great matches, and it'll be cool. Yeah, and they'll be appreciated. So let's hop over to uh, the TV review stuff. Uh, three things that we didn't talk about, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. We talked a little bit about all of them here and there, like some little elements, so we're not going to you know, repeat the same kind of things. You want to talk about main event? <laughs> oh, well. Um, Break down a whole bunch what, of two of my vlogs. AEW bit, because I know you like puns. I really want Mike Tyson. Whatever he's doing, I want it to be at All Out. And I want merchandise that reads Mike Tyson's All Out. Well, like yeah, in the style of Punch Out. But it's Mike Tyson. a little Ty- bit about, uh, about Dynamite that we didn't talk about. Because I forgot to bring up uh, Dynamite with that. Um, is there anything else that happened other than the Tyson thing that we should need to break down? Oh, you know, uh, there's a uh, Baker. Says he's going to defend every week. I think that's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like the United States Open Challenge. He's going to play Jungle Boy next. It's also a very, hey, look at my television title kind of maneuver. Yeah. Uh, Britt Baker is a conspiracy theorist, and I love it. She called out that Chris Statlander is not an alien. That she was funny. reiterated that she's going to be all good to go for All Out. So that seems full steam ahead. Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. And I think the referee of that match has to be Aubrey Edwards because... She called Aubrey the head mastermind of these conspiracies. Yeah. And uh, the Inner Circle had their pep rally. Of course, a couple other things happened, too. Uh, she had to beat Christy Janes, Brian Cage beat Lee Johnson, etc. But um, this pep rally included Mike Tyson making kind of an ass of himself, <laughs> I have to admit. I thought that this was ridiculous and not in, like, a good way. Uh it made me laugh because it was like Tyson's like doing this weird pose and he's like chomping at the air. He rips off his shirt in a weird way. And he tells Jericho the reason why he turned on him as if he was supposed to have any kind of dedication to him is that he stole the belt. That's right. He did say that. That is the thing that he said. (laughs) The hell? And then who was the dude that was sitting next to him or standing next to him that had like the face paint on and all that? That's Mikey Gooch. Uh, who's he supposed to be? Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's an actor. Mikey Gooch. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this was kind of a train wreck. It was, but you know what? It was more than I expected, and I'm giving them all the credit for just doing something I didn't expect. Do you think that that's all out, or do you think that that's dynamite, or fight? That's got to be all out. They have to do. I just I, look. I just bought merchandise that says Mike Tyson's all out, and I think that they're video game nerds and will jump at the chance to do some Punch Out themed merchandise and staging. And I think all out's going to be on pay per view, and I think they want people to pay for it. I know that that's not enticing for me, at the very least. I don't care about Mike but is Tyson. It, but, is it Mike, but is it Mike Tyson? <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, let's go to Raw. Uh, United States Championship changed. Apollo Crews beat Andrade. So Crews wins his first championship. It took him long enough, didn't it? Yeah, really. I mean, he's been there, what, four years? Who would have thought? Like, I mean, there's so many things for 2020. Who would have thought? Whatever, whatever. But, like, if he talked to me in, like, January even, and you said, hey, Apollo Crews is going to win the United States title in May, I'm going to be like, what? If you, had... me, if you talked to me in March, I would have told you that. Yeah, for the most part. Before he popped over to Raw and they did that, like he was just dying on SmackDown. I'm yeah, a fan of it, I, though. I like, uh, I've always thought that Cruz had something to him. I never really thought that he was going to be like the guy, but you give him a manager or something like that, like he's fun in the ring. And at least giving him a shot, what's the worst that could happen? You know, he has a crappy reign. Give it to somebody else afterward. Then, There's been plenty of bad title reigns. And I'm just glad they're giving somebody else a chance. Right. So I like that. Iconics did some uh, some stuff to kind of reiterate that they're still feuding with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, and uh, they're getting a title oh, shot again, aren't they? No, uh, Banks and Bailey are getting a title no, shot. That's what I'm like. Yeah. I'm, Mixing those two up. I um, kind of want them to retcon it and just give Banks and Bailey the belts again. They might. Those belts do not matter. At least if they're on Sasha and Bailey, it's kind of like, okay, you're on the kind of star duo. And then you get the cheesy excuse of having, like, okay, your NXT and your SmackDown Women's Champion can go to Raw. There's no issue here. Well, as much as I hate the idea that they're dragging out this stupid feud even longer, if they want to drag it out, putting the tag titles on them gives them an excuse because then they have a reason not to be feuding because they're still trying to stick together. Like Sasha not wanting to feud with Bailey is because she doesn't want to draw off the tag titles. And that does give them like an excuse to be on TV without Bailey having to fight the same people over and over again for the SmackDown women's title. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Although, to me, I'm just like, my God, can you just get this over with? Can you just do it at SummerSlam and have it be the end? The Iconics thing, if they're breaking them up, I don't really know why they think that that's going to be a good idea. If you're breaking up the Iconics, who are the only duo that will flounder without the other because you've built them now as a female duo, don't have the women's tag titles. Have Sasha and Bailey say, you know what, we brought these titles in and we're taking them out and have them throw it over a bridge or right. something. Yeah, just do that then. Or have like, the a- Iconics win it and they split up and then they go, well, there's no tag team champions because the, the tag teams don't want to be together and then whatever. I don't know. But like, they never cared to begin with. It's a tag title and it's in the women's division. They really it started out strong. But I kind of feel like, not to relate it to anything going on in the world today, but there's a lot of things that happen just to shut people up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the women's tag titles were. That totally was. Because I, I like the idea when it first started of, okay, you can go across all three brands. That means the Iconics, the Bellas at the time, they could still wrestle. Uh Tamina and Nia Jax thought that was a fun duo. You know, thought, wow, that's a good way to use them. Um, Natty and Beth were doing 
some things together. You still had like EO and Kyrie on NXT. Yeah, Sky you, Pirates. You had uh what are they? Born and Bougie? Right. Uh like you had teams that were ready to go, and then it really feels like they said, Okay, we're gonna give it to Sasha and Bailey. We're gonna give it to the iconics, it's a nice moment for WrestleMania, and then we're gonna run with the Bellas. And as soon as they didn't get that run with the Bellows moment, they were like, we don't care about this tag team title thing. Yep. And it dropped off the face of the earth, and now they just keep putting it on uh, Bliss and Cross because Alexa Bliss is, like, uh, testy as far as her injuries go, so keep her in a tag team. And put uh, Bliss on all three shows. Right. Uh, Just not the biggest fan of this whole thing. Yeah, long story short, the tag belts are bad, but I think if you put them on Banks and Bailey, you can do good things with them. Uh, Bailey is full blown like, "Oh, I'm gonna turn on you so hard, bitch!" Like it's, it's just awkward. Bailey is not meant to be a villain. I don't like it. Stop I can tell it. you, there's a very, very low likelihood that anybody beats her out for worst heel of the year for me. It's just that she's not, she's not a good heel. And like, I I know, I know that sounds cheesy and dumb to say as I'm sitting here, but like that character to me is fun as a baby face. Like there are some characters, like I would never want to see Mario be a villain all of a sudden, you know? Even though he started off, uh, he didn't start off as villain. The second game he was the villain, yeah, Yeah, uh, Don Kong Jr. But yeah, like I wouldn't want to see that. There's a reason that's never happened again. Bailey is not meant to be a villain, and they've spent way too much time on her at this point that she's just going to be, probably by the end of it, uh, she was just another wrestler. She's mm-hmm. cool in the beginning with the Bailey buddies, but she was just another wrestler. Well, if she's Mario, and she shouldn't be like that. Who could be Wario for Bailey? <laughs> it's just like, way uh, I mean, well, clearly it's not Sasha Banks, because Mario and Wario actually get into it. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we have here. VIP lounge. Uh, that's just basically just like Lashley and, and MVP and all that stuff. Um, they're doing a thing with Natty answering a phone call from Tyson Kidd in the middle of an interview. I still don't know what this whole gimmick is supposed to be leading to, but I don't like I it. Think maybe it leads to Kid back on TV. You know how like kids resurgence with people just being like, haha, you're Natty's husband. Nobody gives a fuck about you. Maybe, like, Kid comes back on TV and helps her find her mojo or something. Yeah. I'm down with that. I like Tyson Kid. Me too, but I don't like this Natty being upset gimmick thing. She seems to be almost like the queen of, we don't know what to do, so we try this idea, and it's going to suck, but just do it for a couple weeks or months. But you know what? She is the queen of, we're going to find something for you because you're good. Even if it's farting. God, I hated that one so much. Angel Garza beat Kevin Owens. Uh, Theory and Murphy beat Black and Carrillo. Angel Garza cut a promo basically saying wrestling is like sex. Let's talk about that. What did you think about that? I honestly don't even remember it. He cut a promo in the middle of the U.S. title match basically saying a wrestling match is like making love. And... My question to you is, if a wrestling match is like making love, 
and Randy Orton and Edge are supposed to have the greatest wrestling match of all time. What the hell are we going to see at Backlash? Well, this feud did start off with them saying, like, well, you don't love me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we get proof. Uh, Also, maybe we get a rear deck of chokehold. (laughs) Street Profits beat Viking Raiders in golf and mini golf. <laughs> now, why is that a sentence? Yeah, it's a thing. I don't dislike it though. I mean, they're trying to I have like some the, fun. I like the gimmicks. I like the the fun vignettes. I don't like that that was a sentence. I think it's funny that this is the second week in a row that they've had somebody say that uh, Ivar is cute. Like, they're playing into some like some hokey stuff, and some of it's not all that funny. But it's like. All right, you're you're appealing to to something out there. You're trying something a little different. I'm not gonna hate them for it. I wasn't the biggest fan of the idea of them the, the, doing the whole thing with Carrillo, and it's like, well, we're gonna shove, uh, shove his eye into the steps like Rey Mysterio. Now they're advertising that Rey Mysterio is gonna have what his like fifteenth retirement thing this year. It's like, how many times are they gonna do this whole thing of like Rey Mysterio is going to retire? This is at least the third, right? Because didn't they do the whole thing with Dominic twice? <laughs> yeah, they did kind of shit or get off the pot you know like the funny thing to me was so many news outlets picked this shit up as like he's legitimately retiring you see you saw that right i haven't paid any attention to it because i'm just like it's a gimmick it's a you know it's an angle he's not so retiring. many news outlets picked it up like oh my god ray's retired and i'm like guys stop but they, they announced that seth rollins is hosting the thing right if you're gonna be a smart fan don't do this. Like, like do you don't really say you're think... a smart fan and then just be like, Ray's retiring. Out of but the, I know what's uh, going on. I watched the Rivas. Out of the whole Hall of Fame worthy career of Ray Mysterio, they're going to write him out with Seth Rollins jams his eye in the steel steps. <laughs> That's not how it's going to go out. He's going to lose his mask. He's going to, you know, have Give a... Give it to Dominic and yeah, we're like... going it's just, I don't know. I, I don't understand this whole thing. It's just one of those things that got to me, because I'm like, how are you people falling for this? Right. What do you think about the idea that maybe Dominic's a part of this? Maybe Dominic joins Rollins. I think that's a good way to get Dominic involved, finally. Or at least, because it's like the straight edge society thing, but now you can pay it off, because Dominic is old enough to wrestle. What, with the straight edge thing? I don't remember that. Like, like how, you know, like, Punk was the, trying to get in the head of his kids, and he's like, I want to be oh, a leader wait. for you. Yeah, that's right. Huh. So, like, that's a good way to pay it off. It, it, even more so, like, if you want to go further back, you can even say, look at what they tried to do with Eddie, you know? <laughs> so this is going to end up being uh, Seth Rollins might adopt him, and he'd be like, I want to be a father for two people. <laughs> You know, I can totally see him being like, Ray, who are you to congratulate me on the joys of fatherhood? You didn't father your son. You know, just, why not? I kind of want them to go in that direction, yeah. Uh, Nia Jax won a number one contenders match. Yes, he did. Street Profits beat MVP and Bobby Lashley. Led to a Lashley yep. versus McIntyre fight. Uh, they Here's the topic we got to talk about. The... um. The ringside people, the NXT talent being there, and they have these uh, the hockey barricade type things, the plexiglass. First off, the first day that they do this, they end the show with all of them running out into the ring. Doesn't that to completely defeat the purpose? 
<laughs> yeah, and actually, I didn't even think about how stupid that is until you just said that, but yeah. They announced at the beginning of the show that everybody's practicing social distancing protocol. Three hours later, let's book it to where they all run into the ring and wrestle and around. And don't practice other. social distancing protocol. It took them three so, hours to make themselves complete idiots out of this whole thing. Social distancing is a joke in WWE. Like, it's not a joke in real life. Be clear about that. But it's it's a joke in the wrestling world, and it's just a thing that... It's a buzz phrase that they're trying to capitalize Yeah, it's like, oh, we're doing social distancing. You know? No, no, you're not. And just fucking announce that you're doing a show with people already. You know you want to. You know they're so ready to be like, Mm -hmm. SummerSlam, we're gonna have people. I think that it's lame. I know that they are trying to do what AEW has done, but AEW has still done it better. I'm surprised it took them that long. You know what that makes me think? And I'm just speculating, no inside knowledge. But I really, really think Vince probably only watches the pay-per-views and saw Double or Nothing, and he was like, well, if they're having people, what the fuck? You think he hasn't even been watching Dynamite? Like, he has no idea that they've had the people? Yeah. Maybe. I think that it's just, it's not going all that well. Like, I don't buy the NXT people in the crowd. I don't know if that's because they're being fed to just cheer and boo, like, mindless drones. It's just dumb. Like, they should have... What they should have bought was the Performance Center people. You have a wealth of talent that nobody knows. Why are you putting Shotzi Blackheart in the crowd? Mm -hmm. That's just a bother at some point for me. Like... AEW is doing it in a cool way where, okay, uh, we got a baby face side and a heel side, and Britt Baker is going to hit you with her, with her shoe. You know? Yeah, they're doing it in a much more realistic way. They weren't at first with the whole, like, people sitting in the back gambling and all that. That was pretty dumb. But they learned their lesson. They figured it out. They switched it around a little bit. And... But to be now clear, they're... that doesn't excuse them. They're just as greedy and as bad as WWE and I'm not going to have it ever be well WWE was so selfish during this time because AEW is running too yep that's true uh, let's go to NXT we had Drake Maverick beat Kushida and Jake Atlas although there's a little bit of uh, shenanigans with there because Atlas was tapping out to Kushida at the same time that he got pinned but they, they went along with it Kushida was just like you know what go ahead win that title and Maverick said you'll get the first shot does Maverick get this belt? No. The, the... I'm full on expecting, because it's going to be Maverick against El Hijo de Phantasma. And the they... masked people come out. And... I think the masked people come out. Phantasma reveals that he's been the mastermind, and he is a full-blown That's why, heel. That's why he fights them off. And uh, he beats Maverick, so that way he has heat. It's like, oh my god, the heel beat this guy, took away his dream, all that stuff. Like, and you can't get mad at this run. WWE turned a negative into a positive, and they did just fine as far as I'm concerned. I really hope that they rehire Maverick. I'm sure he already is. I'm not like so. not to say like I know, but like I just feel like how can you not? The fact that we haven't gotten any kind of spoilers about that makes me nervous. 
makes me think that they really are just like, we'll pay you for the last couple appearances and you're done. Even then, though, I have to assume he's gotten more of a paycheck than he thought he would. Maybe. Because he's probably only supposed to do the two matches. And then they're like, oh, no, we got to run with you. It's the best way to go about doing this, though. Like, Maverick was the most sympathetic. And if they would have gone with, like, Kushida against Phantasma, it wouldn't matter as much. Maverick makes this tournament. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Gargano beat Adrian Alanis. <laughs> That was kind of funny. I'm sorry, Adrian Adonis? Exactly. <laughs> Adrian Alanis from Evolve, apparently. Fantastic. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez beat Shotzi Blackheart. We did the whole flare and green thing. Shotzi Blackheart fucking nearly killed herself on that dive. Like, don't do any more coffin drops, please. Champa beat Leon Ruff, who is the guy who just keeps getting his ass beat recently. Kind of he's got out. a job. You have to believe he's got a job. Yeah, he's a jobber. We talked about the cage fight, but uh, let's talk about the idea that William Regal had a little chat with Adam Cole, and they set up an idea that uh, Cole's going to fight Velveteen Dream at TakeOver. And a little bit of stipulations, though, if Cole wins... Dream doesn't get any more title shots as long as Cole is champion. And they're going to do it in some kind of a special environment. And say what? Yeah. If you like to know what, you should subscribe to Fightful Select. Are you feeling like I'm feeling where the idea of this being a special environment means that Cole can lose? And it might it might be the kind of thing where it's like some other people get involved, like Loomis helps out and it fights with like the Undisputed Era. Maybe somebody else comes in, screws Adam Cole, and then that way they can feud like Cole versus um uh, I don't know who. Uh who's hanging around that has nothing to do really. Um I would have thought like Dijakovic maybe, but that's that's not gonna be the case if he goes up. Uh can't be like they're not gonna give that to like Bronson Reed. They're not gonna give that to well, hey now. Bronson Reed is a damn fine man. Not going to be like Killian Dane. It's not going to be like Monsoor comes out and does that. But, you know, maybe something. I think I think Dream wins this one or gets called up. And I think if Cole loses this one, the era gets called up. Either way, this is the last match for one of them in NXT. Has to be. Because of all the people that have gone up since they have arrived. Remember, Dream was in NXT with Aleister Black. You know, Cole started his NXT run McIntyre. beating up McIntyre. In that time, Andrade became a champion, lost the title, moved up to Raw, became nothing, became a thing. You know what I mean? Like, they've been there a while. And... They're either going to be lifers or one of them has to go after this match. I could see a scenario potentially where Cole retains. Keith Lee loses the title, the North American title to Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee is the one that beats Cole. But I think that's a little bit more of a stretch and I'm leaning more towards. I mean, of course, we'll talk about predictions when it comes to next week, but does dream go up or she loses. Maybe. I don't think so, though, actually. 
Really? I could see them having him stick around a little while longer. I think but I do. I do. I do think he's winning the title. I I, I think so too. Uh, yeah. What do you think about this? I I really hope that this isn't just the every match, every card has to have a cinematic match. This is that match kind I of thing. I think that that's what it's that it is. I think that they think that they need to do that. It's just going to be overkill. I don't think it's going to be all that great, depending on what their whole circumstances are. I mean, they might have some kind of a weird gimmick for it that would work, but I don't think that that's going to be the case. I hated the Money in the Bank match, so they're not working with the best momentum right now for me. Like, I think people missed the point that the reason the Boneyard worked is because a regular wrestling match with The Undertaker would not have worked. Not in that environment, at least. You need the crowd. You need the arena. Like even not have would have worked, period. And I get that it's the same thing with Cena to a degree. You know, Cena probably didn't want to have a match in front of nobody. And I don't blame him for that. And they probably thought, you know, let's do The Fiend in a cool way. But, like, Money in the Bank was silly and didn't need to be. And I'm worried that this might be silly and doesn't need to be. Even though uh, Gargano Ciampa was a cinematic style, but it wasn't like... It was still kind of more of a match. Yeah. Maybe we they, get they that They had the ring, here. they had the referee, that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe we get that here. Maybe. I don't know. Finally, SmackDown started off with this angle that they're doing where Elias was taken away in an ambulance. There was like a hit and run. Braun Strowman had seen somebody jump out of a car and run away. He called the cops. It's got alcohol in the car. The car is registered to Jeff Hardy and they find him. He's all like my head spinning. I'm limping and confused and all this. So they take him away. They arrest him. And that leads into the roster talking about what should happen with the Intercontinental Championship Tournament because Elias was supposed to fight AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan was supposed to fight Shame or not Sheamus, uh, Jeff Hardy. So they settle on this whole idea where AJ Styles is like, I just want to buy. I'm going to the finals. Screw you. And eventually Adam Pearce is like, fine. Uh, but Corbin and Sheamus and Jay Uso and a bunch of other people all want a shot to fight Bryan who wants to actually earn his spot. So they do a battle royal. Sheamus wins. Later on, they finish the night with uh, Sheamus losing to Daniel Bryan because Jeff Hardy came out, caused a distraction, went after Sheamus. We're getting Daniel Bryan versus uh, AJ Styles for the, the finals, and we're not a backlash. Not gonna, yeah, and we're not gonna get a backlash. They're doing this two weeks from now. I don't understand why that's the case. Because we're gonna do a rematch at Backlash in the greatest wrestling match ever, part two. That seems so stupid to me to set this up and then go, we're going to have the finals on SmackDown. And I, get I think that it's because they want to pop the rating. That, that's got to be the reason why. And that to me is like, it's making me really nervous about the backlash card. Oh, if you want to talk about the, the, give me the word I'm looking for here, irrelevance of the backlash card, your universal championship match was not touched on at all. Much, you're doing, no. you're doing a weird thing where Miz and Morrison out of nowhere are getting a universal title match against Braun Strowman, and that's not talked about at all. All we heard was next week, 
Strowman is going to send a warning to Miz and Morrison. Again, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? We didn't need Money in the Bank, Backlash, and Extreme Rules all that close to each other. I think in a normal climate, you could have gotten away with it. But in this climate, it doesn't work. I'm getting worried that we're going to get, like, for instance, Cesaro screwed over Shorty G, and they ended up having, like, uh, a match later, and Shorty G beat Cesaro. And I'm like, God, don't tell me that Backlash is going to be like, and at Backlash, we're getting Shorty G versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Or, and we're getting Shorty G in a rematch against Cesaro. I don't care. Nobody else will care. I'm a fan of both, but that's stupid. Yeah, I'm worried about Backlash because... No, I'll save it for the, for the predictions. But they're banking way too heavy on this Edge and Orton thing that I don't think they can deliver on. Me neither. And... uh now we apparently Sonya Deville is feuding with Lacey Evans. They did a double count out just so they could say we're having a match another time. I'm fine I, with that. I hate the whole you do something so that way you could not do it and then do it at another time. I hate that stuff. Yeah, but the important thing is they they're doing something with Sonya outside of Vandy. And I think that's important because that says we're going to run with Sonya at some point. And we talked about everything else, I think. Yeah, Sasha beats Alexa. They set up that tag title thing. The only other thing we, we did not talk about, about is uh, Otis and Mandy. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, wait, this segment was hysterical. It was a parody of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, for anybody who's seen that movie, or at least seen that one scene with Phoebe Cates. Uh, but it's Mandy dreaming about Otis. And uh, <laughs> creepy. <laughs> go, whoa, 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 what makes it creepy? I mean, how many times can we hear Otis just be like, oh yeah? I'm like, oh, listen. I it, like that they're creepy. actually saying that. Man, I, maybe I'm, I don't know, like, it's so nice for me to see something that isn't like a giant swerve. I like that Mandy's just into Otis. <laughs> you know, I. I like that there's no big, well, it's a scheme, you see, because I'm actually just with Dolph. And I like that Mandy's just like, I, I'm into Otis. It's weird just to have Otis being the sexy one, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. And that's our, uh, I mean, outside the fact that it's like, yeah, Tahuti Miles beat Danny Birch. Tyler Breeze lost to Tony Nice. They did some kind of re like clip show rehash thing for NXT UK. That's our WWE stuff for this week. I didn't watch back. Oh uh, my gosh. Um, backstage. I've really fallen off on backstage and the bump. I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I don't need to watch these anymore. They don't matter. If there's backstage, something I watch, I try to watch if there's a, something of importance and next week we'll have punk and Brian interacting. And I think, that is going to mean something because I don't think they've interacted since he left. I like, I genuinely feel like they probably haven't even spoke on the phone. I just feel like they're all pointless. There's like, if there's a big thing that gets announced, it gets pushed on, you know, dirt sheets and stuff. I'll check it out there. No, no. But what Tony just said was, well, I don't have to watch it, but you do because, if something happens, you have to report it. And yeah. yes, I, <laughs> yeah, that's I the case. do. 
<laughs> might as well do your plugs while we're at it because if you do want to check out what happens on those shows rob's gonna put up a report that's right i'm gonna put that report up on either wrestlezone.com or fightful.com and i really strongly suggest i've been pushing this a lot lately because i i strongly believe in what sean is doing and he worked like double time this past week fightful select has great scoops and it's like for 10 bucks a month you're getting it's same price as the observer but you're getting shit as it breaks instead of waiting for thursday night and you know what i i think it's the best deal so go over and subscribe to fightful select but not without checking out the smart out moment patreon which tony's gonna tell you about I talked about that quite a bit already, but I didn't talk to you about the T Public and Redbubble shops. Those are merchandise options that are out there. There's Smart Out Moment, Fanboys Anonymous, and A Mango Tees. Lots of different product designs, lots of different product options. So if you want to pick up a shirt or a sticker or a water bottle or a duvet, I think is out there. And there's like plenty of different things, more than I even can keep track of. But you know, whatever designs you want to put, you just on make them all things. available. Yep. For everything, like I told you recently, somebody bought the uh, Ant Man's on my shirt, which just is for a mask for some reason. But, Ant Man's hey, on my mask. Yeah, uh, it doesn't say Ant Man's on my mask. It says Ant Man's on my shirt because <laughs> that's the design that I had made before. So I don't know. Maybe I'll make a different one. It says mask. I don't know. But if you have any design ideas you'd like to see me put out there, then toss them out there in the comments below, and I will see what I can do. And um, yeah. That's uh, I think most of my plugs. Yeah, it's all mine. Anything else? Uh, if I didn't remember something in particular, then hey, you should probably know it by now anyway. But if yeah, you check follow Calvin with Master Fourteen. You know. Yeah, follow us on Facebook and Twitter as far as Smart Cal Moment goes. At Smart Cal Moment, Rob is at Dude Felice. I am at Tony Mango, and a Mango Tree, and Fanboys and on, and all that other kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done that already. You can just keep staying tuned for whatever else is happening next. Because at least as far as these next couple of episodes are concerned, we've got takeover predictions. We've got backlash predictions. Eventually, we're going to do our tier list breakdown of the WWE roster that Callum had so graciously set up ahead of time. And a couple of weeks from that, we're going to get into the quarter three mailbags. So start sending in those mailbag questions if you want to take advantage of that. And, and then, at some point... Callum and I might drop something special for you, maybe. That might we don't like to up. commit. Uh, maybe Fighter Fest happens whenever. This extreme rules will pop up. At some point this summer. Take over Boston. Some point this summer. Maybe. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> take over something. Yeah, so I mean, it's all kind of up in the air. Whatever happened to the Murder Hornets? Who knows? And um, yeah, stay safe. Have fun doing whatever you're doing. Hopefully, not anything too bad. And we will talk to you next time, everybody. But for now, this has been another Smart Cow moment that we're being counted out. Ah!